What is up, everyone? How are you doing today? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Today, I'm going live with my good friend, Nino. You guys are going to know him. You're going to love him. Um, I want to talk about spiritual technology with him today. I have uh, my, my spirit animal, my crow, in the background here today. And so I've been learning a lot of different spiritual techniques that are very, very, very important to those of us who are actually practicing spirituality, not just believing on doctrine and dogma, but actually practicing, actively practicing spirituality. So one of the spiritual techniques I've been practicing is channeling the Holy Spirit energy into a physical manifestation, an imaginary manifestation of my spirit animal, much like the dove that descended on Jesus, okay? So really, really important. Anybody can do it. Um, I learned this from a good friend of mine right here on TikTok. Um, I don't want to embarrass him, but um, we'll, I'll, I can talk about him later if he's cool with it. So, um, But it's, it's literally changed my life over last night. Um, into today. So I'm going to talk about that today. I'm going to go ahead and add Nino here. Um, and we are going to uh, have an awesome, awesome talk today. So he is a very accomplished metaphysics uh, guru here. I, I don't know how to uh, describe him other than you need to experience him. Definitely give him a follow at L E L Divine D I V I N E Nino N I N O on um, he's on TikTok I know and then we'll get all of his other socials here in a minute so I'm gonna add him you guys give him some love and support and with him what's up brother hello hello thanks for having me on Jacob dude absolutely man thank you for doing this and uh, I hope everybody enjoys this today so. Um, I've got my crow in the background, so um, I titled this one Spiritual Technologies, and so I was just sharing with my audience that um, the Native Americans had spiritual technologies, Eastern mystics have spiritual technologies, Christians have spiritual technologies, they just don't know it, um, and so spiritual technology is not new, it's something that's been around forever, and it's really based on metaphysics and understanding that... Um, that power within, right? And so you're you're literally an expert of that, dude. Awesome. Yeah, you got your spirit animals behind you here. You know. So what you sh- yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, yeah, I was go just ahead, gonna man. say I was talking with my, like the people in my life. I said, look, I tend to approach things from a psychological perspective, and, and like I ground it. Like before we go up to the monks and the enlightened beings, how can the common folk, the layman, incorporate and change the nature of reality well let's theoretically say that the world is made up of consciousness and that we're all one mind okay that's great but that's a hard you know it's hard to make the jump from i'm a human being abc john smith to that okay but we can start with very basic things regarding let's say the nature of self-talk or priming in the brain Mm -hmm. you start changing very the the nature of how you talk to yourself or even telling yourself like reprogramming your mind that I have opportunities, suddenly the supercomputer pattern recognition machine, which is our brain, starts to change reality. Now it doesn't, Mm -hmm. it's not so radically pronounced as let's say appearing in two places at once, like some yogis uh, conceptually have done or or bending will and walking on water as the enlightened Jesus has. Mm -hmm. But, But I think it's a good introduction just for people to understand at least on the very simple level, you are consciously creating your reality, if at mm-hmm. least a little bit. And I think that's always like my doorway 
for people to come to where I'm at, which is like, I'm crazy. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Absolutely. I get that all the time, man. And uh, I was talking with another creator here on TikTok about Christ consciousness and just mm. the fact like when you call it that, there's like all these weird dark energies that come at you and people are like, they're just ready to crucify you, like literally. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I get like, I get what Jesus went through, what these other gurus and yogis have gone through throughout history, especially if they're in um, a heavy political socioeconomic control construct that does not jive very well with the enlightened man or woman, right? So, no. yeah. So we've been talking about that a lot lately with the economy and everything. And one of the things that I like to do is just help my audience find tangible ways they can start to apply metaphysics in their life. So what are some of the things, like when you discovered metaphysics, how did you start practicing it? Because I'm big on practiced spirituality. Spirituality is worthless if we don't actually practice it. So That's, that's so true. I, saw, yeah. I actually just saw a quote that was like, uh, it was a meme kind of making fun of like, hey, attachment to spiritual identity is just another attachment. And in that regard, my, my initial practice began eight years ago when I started, I started meditating under like the Buddhist school of thought. I was, I was currently, I was doing my psychology undergrad at the time. I was like 18 or yeah, my psychology undergrad, I was 18 years old. And I started for the first time through that practice, having the recognition that, Hey, I am not literally my emotions. Like I'm not literally my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I know when I say this a lot of times, it's very hard. If you haven't started a practice that conceptually sounds so stupid. It's like, what else could I be? It, it, am I right. not this container? And this container has thoughts and this container has emotions as such. That is who I am. And, mm -hmm. and I feel for that because that's, that's living. That's most, I would say that's 7 billion people. That's most humans on earth that like are like that. And that's yep. not to shun it or anything. It's just, that's the reality of where mm -hmm. we're at. So the, for me, what's been radically transformative has been the practice of meditation. And it sounds so redundant at this point. I think it's been thrown out a million times over, but mm -hmm. it has to be like there, you don't meet, there's no like spiritual tradition that doesn't have some aspect of meditation, whether the Christians mm -hmm. call it prayer, whether the Buddhists call it uh, meditation, whether the yogis call it yoga, there's, mm -hmm. a, there's an aspect of, can I find present moment awareness? let go of the attachment to the objects that arise. Mm -hmm. And within that practice, and then I can only tell you from my experience, it's crazy what starts happening. You start, mm -hmm. you start attuning to to truth. And, and I'll, I'll give a second thing that I think is really important. And that's been highlighted in my personal life lately, which is you have to have integrity. And, and I do mean this, you are like, if you're a system, let's say, right. And you lie to yourself consistently, or you say things and then you don't do them. You're creating a system that's founded on lies. There's incongruencies within your system, which mm -hmm. makes the potential for you to actually be aligned with a higher truth, let's say, or a greater wisdom, unlikely. You're not, you don't have it. So one of the quickest mm -hmm. ways you can start finding or connecting to that larger wisdom, the metaphysical reality is live in integrity. Like just don't say things that you're not going to do or say yeah. things that you yeah. will do. And yep. it's like, it doesn't mean you have to become a perfect person. Just stop lying to yourself. And Absolutely. Here, you know, when that system starts resonating in mm -hmm. truth, because you're always in truth, because everything you're saying always is true. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, it's like you, your frequency, whatever language mm -hmm. your starts to rise and it starts to sit yep. in, a, in an elevated state. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I think 
in the spiritual space too, there's, there's so much misinformation and there's so many people that like to talk about it because it's trendy <laughs> and it's really not that trendy guys. Like you have to be really committed to stay in it and you have to practice it and experience the benefits and results from it to stay in it longer than a few months. And that's, I think what people don't understand, they think, oh, this is all new age. Guys, it's actually old age. Okay. This is like tens of thousands of years old. Um, literally the book of Enoch talks about how there's certain fallen watcher angels that taught spiritual technologies, uh, plant medicines, they yeah. taught meditation, they taught root cutting, they taught enchantments and magic spells. The gospel is the God spell. Yeah. I mean, speak and spell. Everything that we have is like, the whole Bible is literally a book of spells, but we try to take it as like, Oh, this is all one document telling one story, but we don't understand there's a lot of different warring energies in it. And just because it says it's God in one point doesn't mean it is. You have to look at the characters and the archetypes. And one of the things I love about um, archetypes within metaphysics is the idea that we are so powerful co-creators of the divine spirit. Um, and no matter what religious tradition you are, I think they all agree that there is some like purveying spirit, whether you're into Eastern mysticism or Native American or whatever. Um, even Jesus himself talked about his father in spirit and in truth, not like a man or an alien entity like maybe they had been worshiping at the time. Um, and so he spoke about something different besides Elohim. And even the dove that descended on him was a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Like it was literally... It was basically like a spirit animal. And that was kind of what got me going on this. And another friend of mine um, was talking to me about, because I've been spiritually attacked a lot recently. And mm -hmm. in my head, I'm like, you know, no, I'm not attacked today. It's fine. But I found myself not in control the way I wanted to be. And I was told, create your spirit animal. Like, what, what animal do you vibe with? Um, and do everything. Name him give him characteristics, give him a backstory, give him a uh, visual. I'm going to be doing this with my community this weekend on our live call, actually. Um, and it, it, this is this is him, guys. He's beautiful. His name's Dimitri. Um, he has psychic powers on his wings. He can go out and find things even in the desert. Um, he protects me as well as all other innocent creatures. He'll scratch out the eyes of anyone that tries to attack me. Um, and by the way, this worked because I did it last night. The first time in two years, I've had clean, beautiful, happy, positive, uplifting dreams. First time in two years. Wow. Metaphysical concept. I put it creatively and energetically into a spirit creation, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit and created this animal that literally guided me through my dreams last night. It's the most amazing thing I've ever experienced in my life. So you know I had to share that. I knew you would know where I was coming from with this. I do so. know where you're coming from. And yeah. you know what's very, what's very fucking cool about this is, so I just finished Man and His Symbols by Carl Jung, and it talks okay. about dream analysis and and specifically, so Jung, is a, he's a mystic psychologist, we'll call him. He pretty much, he's a mystic at heart, but he's working within the field of psychology. And what he talks about a lot is that, the nature of the psyche itself is constructed within a larger collective consciousness and that our consciousness and he he sticks to more like let's say physically grounded he goes well yeah because your mind has evolved through millions of years of evolution and that mm -hmm. evolutionary process has resulted in like all the memories of all those humans that you're part of will are ingrained within the nature of your psyche and yeah. on top of that like your your psyche in your dreams is is always trying to tell you things it's always you're, you're pretty much, he says, in contact with 
other beings, let's say. So the nature, so like the thought that, well, then yeah, you as the individual could consciously reshape the psyche by implementing an idea within that field of consciousness, the larger consciousness, and you're technically adding to it. You've literally created something that would then manifest and and Mm -hmm. have an actual influence. It's totally aligned. And, And again, that's like the psychology approach. On a spiritual level, I just kind of believe that, and this is my like me leaning a little bit. I think that everything is possible. Like I think every single thing conceptually that a human can conceptually conceive is mm-hmm. possible because you wouldn't be able to conceive it if it wasn't. Like I, I think the yep. limitations of the mind exist within the same mm-hmm. frameworks of the limits of the universe. <clears throat> Absolutely. As, right. So it's like you couldn't you couldn't think that unless it was real. But again, the words real become redundant when we when we conceptualize it in the material element. It's like, yeah, okay, in the material sense, you're not going to touch that. But but it, is it going to have a profound impact mm-hmm. on the nature of your life and, for instance, your dreams? Yes. Exactly. Yep. There are things that are happening. Yep. And, and this is funny because I think from a collective level, we all know that. Like very basically, I could say – Oh, you know when I'm in a bad room and I go into a room and I drown the room with bad energy? Everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But then you yeah. talk about energy and they're like, that's not real. I go, exactly. What is it, yeah. man? Is energy yeah. real? Is it not real? Yep. So, yeah, that's so. Dude, cool. and you've got, you've got millions of people that have been really lied to about manifesting and they're trying to manifest the red sports car in the driveway. <laughs> you know, that's, that's literally like the birth child of like a lifetime and really a deep understanding of crafting your physical reality is like the last shadow and type of your spiritual reality. And that's what people don't understand is it's like, Oh, I want a new house. I want a new car. Let me get in that vibration. And it's like, dude, you got to get in the vibration. You got to create things like your tulpas or your totems, your, your spirit animals, your manifestations of the Holy spirit. You got to go in and renew and clear out the self first. Like we're not creating these energies around us. That's what I love about yoga. The, the mind, the thoughts, the emotions, the actions, but the fourth yoga nobody talks about is your literal spiritual bubble, your energies, your actual arc of electromagnetism and what you're creating within your ecosystem. You're a biological quantum computer. You yes. have a four pound quantum computer here. <laughs> they can send and receive information. People think thoughts are local. They're not local. Not local. People that are dead on the table still have consciousness and we've proven that over and over and over and over with NDEs. So what are your thoughts about that, um, about like NDEs and like the kind of out of body experience? What, like, where are I think you on it's that? Just, I think consciousness, well, like you said, when you talk about the brain like that, I think I practice Kriya yoga and I became kind of like, I'm kind of a devout student right now. Awesome. And within the, within the framework of Kriya yoga, that's kind of how they talk about it, right? Which is you have an astral body, you have your physical body, and then like you have a spirit that's eternally running through you. And that's the essence of what you are. You could call that consciousness mm-hmm. in a more like new age language. And there are practices like Kriya yoga practices mm-hmm. of intense meditation and whatnot and living yep. through these certain principles that purify the body, the mind, the spirit, like you're talking about, to get mm-hmm. you to a point where under the Kriya Yoga history, there are in fact gurus who get to a point where they can literally bend material reality mm-hmm. at whim. But again, like you said, those are people who are those are those are the extremes. Like it's not always helpful for the everyday people to look at those stories because then it becomes just another way to escape life and what's necessary of us. Yes. But like you said, like a, a big part of spiritual living, in my opinion, is well, let's let's work on those emotions, my friend. 
Let's work on those experiences that you haven't processed. Because yep. you think that you can dive into the realm of metaphysics and and have, let's say, an NPE, these great experiences. I go, it's unlikely that you're, because you're still so attached, your spirit is so attached mm -hmm. to the material life you've lived, you have almost karmic debt, let's say, that's mm -hmm. not allowing you to move on. So right. you talk about those experiences. I think they're possible. I think, mm -hmm. I think it's just, it takes a lot of work a lot of times. And mm -hmm. it, it's not that it's not possible. I just, I don't yeah. want to encourage people to like jump into metaphysics so you can have mm -hmm. mystical experiences. And I go, well, right. uh, just work on the, work on the grunt work. You know, I, I want yep. to encourage grunt yep. work first. Yep. Um, but, Absolutely. Well, yeah. and there's a reason in the Eastern mysticism, like the guru would only give the second birth. And I learned this the other day from Yogananda's book, yes. when Jesus said, you must be born again, like the church has turned that into this whole go down to the altar and cry <laughs> yeah. and give your soul to God or whatever. But what it really was is like Jesus was the guru and he's like, I will get he would touch the third eye and give you the third eye opening. He would give you a new name, a second birth, and the Hindu tradition called it the second birth. And of course, in the Latin, it was translated to be uh, be born again. And Nicodemus, you know, in the Bible was like, so you want me to crawl back into my mother's womb and be reborn? And he didn't get it. We don't get it now because we don't even, um, even if we have the ritual, very few people have that experience, that psychedelic mind-opening experience, that God moment where you realize you are in the father, the father is in you, like you are one with the cosmic energy. Have and very few that? people have that, yeah. So wh that? what was your moment of that, okay. by the way? Okay, okay, I'll, I'll say it first, but I wanna hear yours, because honestly, look, there's been a few, and I'll say after one year of meditating, so I was 19 years old at this point, and it, it was grunt work. It was like, I showed up to this practice and shit ain't happening. Sure, I guess I feel a little bit more relaxed. I guess, practice. And there's a moment and I'm sitting there and I think it's maybe the first time I didn't, I didn't go into it with an anticipation. I just sat with myself. All right. Yep. And so like, you know, a few minutes are passing and there's this like, oh, it's like, I guess it's working suddenly. This is crazy. Like I, I still feel weird talking about it sometimes. And then I, my body convulsed, like, like convulsed. Mm -hmm. I had like it felt like pins and needles throughout my entire body. Mm -hmm. And then I started crying and I like woke up and I said, Oh my God. And when I said these next words, they felt like the most real thing I'd ever said in my entire life. It felt like everything I'd said before was bullshit. And I said, I've been here before. I've, I've been here before. Oh, and then I was like really crying. And it was just like, that's just what I sat Dude. with. That was like my first touch of, Oh my God, I am the eternal spirit. Mm -hmm. This, like, even now I, I get chills as I say, it. I go, it's like, this is not what I think it is. This is, this is not the definitive. I've done this many times. Mm -hmm. And then, so that's the first time. And again, this is from a guy I've been using psychedelics for years. I don't and like, even those experiences, it's not the same, like psychedelics. Right, right. Sure. You're like, whatever. Yeah. However, those like, they, those like prove to you quickly that there's more. Yes. But you don't get like the deep gnosis and downloads that like That's what you're it is. supposed to. Yeah. It's, it's like knowledge. it's like watching a movie versus making the movie. Like there's That's a it. whole different yeah. yeah. And then recently, a few months ago, so I've been <laughs> unfortunately this summer my uh my cousin who was like my older brother, he took his life and it was really like hard 
because I'd been, I dealt with a lot of trauma and grief before, but this one, it was just, there's something about it. And I said, okay, you know what? I do use mushrooms as a, as a, as a way to like supplement my healing a lot of times. So mm -hmm. I, I took seven grams, like a, a big dosage. And I just sat and I meditated right where I am. And I mm -hmm. just meditated for five hours straight. Did not move. Wow. Like literally just sat. And there comes a point where I have a sudden vision and I'm looking, cause I like turn around, there's a mirror behind me. And I look at the mirror and I see boom, two visions. One half of my face is aging through time. And it looks graceful, let's say. Like it's mm -hmm. aging, but you know, <laughs> nothing wrong with it. The other half, it looks like I'm being poisoned through time. And suddenly I know if I hold on to people who I've lost, even like even conceptually or emotionally, because I think that's how you keep them alive, I will poison myself and do their spirit a disservice. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you let go of the people you love, you're keeping them alive in the resonance of love because it allows you as a present being to live in love. And when you Beautiful. do that, you've maintained their resonance throughout the universe. And it was right after this, and this is like, this is, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen, like other than DMT. I'm sitting there and suddenly each one of my chakras beam with light and I'm just sitting in presence. There is no looking around and right. It's just it's total presence. Each chakra starts beaming with light. A Merkaba starts spinning at the base of my uh, body. Mm -hmm. And the very typical kind of like Instagrammable image of like the projection explodes around me in light. Dude. It's for, let's say, three seconds. I freak out because it's overwhelming. And I, I'm like, oh my God, boom, it like disappears. Obviously, I'm kind of like, holy shit, holy shit. I calm myself down, I go back into meditation, and then the rest of it is pretty much just eyes closed meditation, really mm -hmm. profound emotions. But mm -hmm. those experiences are without a doubt, like you just can't, I just can't ever have doubt. Like I don't have doubt anymore. I have total awesome. faith, I guess, you know? Awesome, yep. See, and it's funny, the first time I did um, the Magic Mushies, um, I had the most incredible experience. I was listening to the Doobie Brothers out at the river out here camping. And I watched all the stars and constellations move and like a portal open up. And I saw these little, they looked like little tadpoles with a bunch of Aztec and Indian designs on them, just swimming up into a great light. And I felt this immense peace and the warming of my heart. I think it was the first time my heart, like I realized my heart chakra was where I'm supposed to live. Like that's my my seat is uh and my path in this this current version of my life um and so for me uh i kept doing them because i'm like i want i want more of this and i finally got got a really bad batch and um unfortunately i've actually lost friends who had gotten bad batches so guys i don't want anyone to think that i'm condoning this here only do them if they're legal where you are and you know where you're getting them um that's not what we're doing here because i'm going to put this on facebook and this is kind of treacherous facebook material but uh, but we want to be honest about this because I think this is really important. I get a lot of comments. Oh, the path to spirituality is this. No, 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 no. If you're spiritual first, okay, remember that. If you're spiritual first. So, again, I'm not condoning these at all. We have done that at our own risk. Um, I did them a long time ago. And, like, the third time I did them, I had the most horrible experience, passed out, got a concussion that lasted me literally years the effects of it like just neck problems and it messed up my neck i still deal with neck problems from it and this has been almost 20 years ago at this point wow. so 
So just be aware, like there's a lot of risks in this and you're a lot better off if you do things like Kriya Yoga, if you do the grunt work first, like go, go through that. Too. Yeah, yeah. So, but with that said, um, I knew because of those experiences, there's more out there. Now, the bad experience I had, I repented, renounced my way, started going back to church, got back into doctrine and dogma because I was terrified to die because oh. I did not want to go to that hell place that I experienced that third time that I did them. Wow. You know, uh, third or fourth, I don't even remember what. It how was do you conceptualize death now? Because I feel like I'm really at a point of knowing that if that's not real, like, like yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, your body's gone, but this thing is. So, you know, what that experience did for me is it threw me back into church and I wanted to become a pastor. I spent years trying to do that actually hated myself, then became a raging alcoholic, smoked like two packs of cigarettes a day for years. I mean, literally, like, how do you go from one thing that if used properly under shamanic guidance in a legal manner, could actually help you work through things to then I'm just poisoning my body every day. And what I've realized now, 20 years later, is literally that that hell was in me. Yep. And I, it, the reason that that last time I did them was so horrible is my grandma had just died. Mm -hmm. She had fallen backwards and hit her head on the couch, got a concussion, went to sleep and never woke up and actually ended up in a coma in the hospital, okay. died three days later. It was horrible. And I didn't realize I had a lot of stuff I hadn't dealt with from that. And so it's like I almost created that experience yeah. for myself and had to face death head on. I'm seeing the devil in the trees and realizing, man, there's a lot of darkness in me. I got to clear that out. And I didn't realize that at the time I thought, oh, this is the devil messing with me. Obviously this stuff opened me up to the devil. Guys, it's all in you. If you get demons from doing yoga, it's because you're already yoked with them. Like go create the energy that you want and need. And that's what people don't understand. So it's taken me 20 years to deconstruct from church, from doctrine, from dogma, from negative experiences like that. But then I've had positive experiences with other types of plant medicines and stuff since then. So I've learned a lot of stuff about myself through all of this. And, and really the core of it is the metaphysics of it. And I want to talk about your turtle, man, because you, yeah. you are a turtle. I don't know why. Like, that's so weird that your spirit animal is a turtle. And I look at you and I'm like, dude, you just need like a surfboard and a big old turtle tattoo right here. Like, you know what's so, great about yeah. this? So I actually, I had a friend who's, I'll call him, he's kind of like this modern shaman guy. He's a new friend, but he's a, he's, he's very, he's got a unique story. He's actually, he's, he's, I had him on my podcast. That's why he came over. He, oh, he was awesome. part of a cult. He, he accidentally joined a cult. He has a crazy story. Oh, I'll keep it man. for my podcast, but definitely interesting. But anyways, he came over and he pulled my medicine cards and apparently he told me, so I pulled a turtle and I also pulled a, a buck or an elk. A buck? Yeah, same thing. Mm -hmm. And the reason that like the turtle kind of manifested is like right now it, you know, it's the divine mother, it's the creator and mm -hmm. something about me, I'm being pulled back into that. And it, you know what, it felt totally aligned because I've had a bit of a spiritual renaissance again in my life. Like I had my first, what people talk about spiritual awakenings when I was 18. So I'm 26 now, mm -hmm. that was eight years ago. But you know, like, like you said, with any journey, it's not linear growth. You kind of, you're kind of like, okay, I guess that's an aspect of the universe, but I'm still a young man in university with vices mm -hmm. and pleasures and friends and right, family right. aren't in that. 
So I kind of fell back into some sort of sense of mundanity. And even within what I was doing online, it felt a little bit mechanical. But recently mm-hmm. I had, I read autobiography of a yogi and that's what did it for me. I had this like, oh my God, like this second renaissance and I've been called to it and I've been, I've become devout. Like I wake up like 5.30, 6 a.m. I, I do 40 minutes of breath work, 40 minutes of meditation. I'm like mm-hmm. devout. I'm, I'm just putting my money where my mouth is, let's say. And then way, the turtle feels very calling to me because it feels, I never in my life have I felt more supported by spirit. And that's mm-hmm. what the turtle is, right? It's the divine yeah. spirit that supports the universe on its back. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it felt that's very awesome, cool. dude. Cool. That's what he pulled for me because wow. that's why it was a... That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. So mine, my story with with my crow here. I've always, of course, my name is Cub. So you would think that I would think it would be animal there. would be a cub, but actually, it's it's weird. In the last few years, like I've been going to Colorado and New Mexico because I've got family there, and it's weird. I see these crows and these things are here, or they're ravens, really, the actual ravens. And so this is actually a raven. They're a little different than a crow. They're the, on the bigger end of the spectrum. Some of them can get about like three feet tall. I mean, they're like freaking huge. And I call them like the last few years, you know, we've been going and seeing family. I've seen more and more and more of them. And post pandemic, there's like a ton of them. And I'm like, God, where are these things coming from? Well, they clean up all the roadkill. They clean, they, they'll eat plants, they'll eat bugs, they'll eat whatever. Like they know how to survive at the end of the world. And something I've been vibing on recently is like, it is the freaking end of the world. It's the end of a world, a timeline. However you look at it, we're in an apocalypse, a revealing of something brand new, a new way of life, new financial system, new social structures, new religions. Um, Everything's coming around and recycling. And so um, I see these these, uh, ravens just everywhere and they have the most mesmerizing go listen to like a youtube video of a raven call and it is wild like it it will awaken spirituality within you you immediately become a native american like within and you're like (laughs) okay yes mother like uh it's just beautiful and so for me i was like i've been enamored with these for a few years well we just went up to santa fe new mexico and i saw them again and they're just everywhere as soon as you like hit the border they're there and we don't have them in west texas at all we have these little things called grackles. They're about this big. They look like ravens, but they're tiny. And um, so I was really vibing on them and just watching them the whole time, watching how they don't give a shit. They just are going about their life. They're scavenging. They're doing what they do. And um, I started calling them black eagles. And when I was a kid, my spirit animal was an eagle. And I realized like I've become this because I've been through a lot of shit. Like I've been through, I've almost died several times. I've lost, like I've had friends that were supposed to be friends completely stab me in the back. Um, I had, you know, my religion left me behind, all of those things, like uh, more than I can get into here. But so I've gotten like hardened by that in a way, but in a way that makes me fierce and fiercely loving. And so that's why my tulpa, my spirit animal, my totem my manifestation of the Holy Spirit is this beautiful raven, and it is that fiercely loving eyes, but like I also understand what it means to be in the middle of this apocalyptic end of the world reality we live in right now. And and I know how to bring resources to people that need them too. That's one beautiful thing about a raven is he will literally go out and bring food or even shiny things to those who 
um, you know, who befriend him. So I, like I don't know. That. That's kind of my wild story about the Ravens. I so. love that. Can I read the turtle medicine card? Yeah, please, please. So in Native American teachings, turtle is the oldest symbol for planet Earth. It's the personification of goddess energy and the eternal mother from which our lives evolve. We're born on the womb of the earth and to her soil, our bodies will return. In honoring the earth, we're asked by turtle to be mindful of the cycle of give and take and to give back to the mother she has given to us. Turtle has a shell which is similar to the protection that Earth has employed for centuries as her body has been defiled. Mother Earth's protection has come in the form of Earth changes, new plant growth, the creation of new land masses by volcanoes and climate alterations. Like Turtle, you also have shields that protect you from hurt, envy, jealousy, and the unconsciousness of others. Turtle teaches you, through its habit patterns, how to use protection. If you are bothered by the actions or words of others, it's time to go inside of yourself and honor your feelings. And if you're attacked, it's time to give a warning snap. If you have chosen the turtle symbol, you're being asked to honor the creative source within you, to be grounded to the earth, and to observe your situation with motherly compassion. I won't finish it, but the, that's why I felt so called when he talked about it. I had like shivers through my body because here I am online teaching people how to not become so attached to like, you know, what people say about you, how to become strong in your center, how to, how to find your own wisdom, how to mm -hmm. not take things personally. And that's kind of what the turtle does. And then in my own life, when you're, when you pull the card, you're being asked to have a compassionate motherly approach. And I'm mm -hmm. not even kidding. When I talked about that spiritual Renaissance for myself, there was a lot of realizing that, you know, I've been holding a lot of like anger and shame in regards mm -hmm. to my past. And I have to hold, motherly compassion for myself and my life because not unlike you right my story is plagued with a lot of shit and, and yeah. i was always a victim yeah. of it a lot of times right. i was also the perpetrator of bad absolutely. things absolutely yep so yeah i really felt like that call and again i'm also kind of ignorant to the to the whole uh the nature of spirit animals and stuff if i'm being honest mm -hmm. i'm this is weird that in one week this has been the introduction that it's coming in, which again, feels very synchronistic. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Somebody said, wow, Ninja Turtles just got a whole new meaning. Absolutely, Nick. <laughs> absolutely. And by the way, I see y'all's comments. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Create Infinity. Thank you, uh, Angela. Thank you. Uh, who else is in here? Martin's in here. Um, Honeybee, what's up? Welcome. I just wanted to give you guys some shout outs um, real quick. Um, I am going to be doing just for my community. I'm going to be doing um, creating these tulpas using AI. So if you guys want to get your spirit animal done, you can join my community, the Cub Cooker Supernatural Patron Tribe. It's on my website. It's only 19 bucks a month. It directly supports what I'm doing here. By the way, we do not make a living from what these platforms pay us. You see a bunch of junky ads on our stuff. They pay us pennies for that. So if you want to support us, there's a lot of creators right now that are left out in the cold. I had a meeting with two of them yesterday. We need your support, guys. Also, um, my website is cubcooker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. You can find out everything about the community. You will love it. We've got about 20, 25 people in the community in the chat today. So thank you, guys. Um, and then Nino, your website is losninos.space. Yeah. L-O-S-N-I-N-O-S dot space. Tell everybody real quick, what's, your, what's the main way to support you, the program you're offering now? What, what, how can people get involved with you? Yeah, to be honest, I encourage everyone, you know, give me a follow online on Instagram at L Divine Nino, E-L-D-I-V-I-N-E, Nino, N-I-N-O. 
But if you are somebody who, you know, wants to work with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, that is my background. So I studied psychology with a minor in counseling. However, I, I moved beyond that because the limitations that therapeutic framework gives you is always going to create a power imbalance because the suggestion is that you are these things, that you have these mm -hmm. conditions, but that's not really yeah. how the brain works. The brain yeah. is, like he said, an extremely powerful pattern recognition machine, and it's patterned but it can become entrenched within dysfunctional and dysregular patterns that prevent you from really attuning yourself to grander wisdom, to a greater purpose, to meaningful living. And that's my job. That's what I help people do. I work with people one-on-one -on -one, and if Beautiful. that's something you feel compelled to do or interested awesome. in, you can check out my offering on the website, my content online and book a free, a free call. Good. What does a typical session with you look like? Like how long is it? How do you start? What do you go over? So we do a free discovery call. The free to call is 30 minutes where we just see if I'm even the right person to work with you. See, the biggest thing is uh, my tagline is I'm guiding you to your inner wisdom. I'm not of the belief that I have your answers. I'm not of the belief that I have your wisdom. In part, it's I want to work with people who've done some work already and have made certain efforts, but perhaps there's just a blockage around the clarity or whatever. And I'm really good at being a mirror. That's what I can be for you. I'm the, I am the mirror who's gonna help you see where your the limiting beliefs are creating blockages, where certain habits are creating irregularity and, and killing your integrity, which prevents nice. you from truthful living. And that's what I am. I'm, I'm a coach, I'm a guide. and. Each session for each person is different. For one person, mm -hmm. I've had somebody who they really wanted to focus on their relationships. That's what we would talk about. We would really focus on their relationships, how they were showing up. We talked about the nature of their people pleasing, how that was really manipula manipulation, trying to control mm. everybody, and really coming back to a grounding and a humility that we can't control everyone's reactions to us, but what we can do is show up authentically in so far as we know ourselves and Beautiful. someone else I worked with, they had a lot of career um, issues or they just weren't, you know, they lacked direction. So we worked a lot around outlining really like getting to the core of who they are. Mm -hmm. And again, even this is because I'm so spiritual. It's like, I obviously add my own little flair around. Look, I think ultimately you are nothing. It's an illusion. Mm -hmm. However, Beyond the, in the material world, you do have certain experiences that have created a persona and that persona, it's pretty hard to change. So if we can at least mm -hmm. find a healthy way of t connecting with that persona, we can create meaningful yeah. values that can give you direction around your career aspirations, your purpose, your personal life. And honestly, it's been the most fulfilling work for me because I don't, nice. I always feel like I'm like, I didn't do anything. You did all the fucking work. Yep. But at the same time, you know, they're like, well, you helped me. I'm like, no, I didn't do fucking anything. Like you did it all. I'm just awesome. kind of there to pick and prod your brain a little bit. Brilliant. Know? Brilliant. I love that, man. I love that. Um, you know, and I want everybody to know here, we're not self-promoting. Okay. Like a lot of creators get in that mode of thinking, oh, I'm self-promoting. I can't help you if I can't work with you. I can't mm -hmm. help you. We can show up and do these live streams, but these are, these are public. These are for entertainment, for engagement, those type of things. If you really want to do the work and you really want community, I've built a community. That's where my strength is. We do live calls every weekend. Um, I do behind the scenes content in there. We do special programs, special challenges every single week. It's highly engaging. It's off social media. That's at cubcooker.com. Nino has built like an incredible 
uh, coaching experience over there, one-on-one. If you're like, you've already been doing some of this work and you're like, I need a guide, like that's what Nino is doing. And so myself and all these other creators, we're not just here to, guys, we're not getting rich, okay? Like I'll tell <laughs> no. you right now, we're trying to buy bread and milk and everything in this insane economy for a hundred bucks a pop, right? So um, we're, we're here to help. We are those light warriors. We're those people who are out there putting ourselves out there, taking hate and heat every single day to try to bring love and light to people. And at the end of the day, I will gladly self-promote myself and others so that we can continue to help save the world. And I believe that's exactly what we're doing. So I don't, I don't know how you feel about it, Nino, that's, but that's that's what I feel. So You know what it is, is when it comes to that, I go, well, there is no separation, right? I am the universe. The universe is me. I'm currently having a temporal experience of being Nino. The more that I can truly serve people, and like you said, there's like a... You have to recognize who you are and like insofar as this human experience, I'm, I can create presence. I can work well with people. I have a good understanding of the psychology and humanity. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense, you know, and, and at the end of the day, I hope that it helps more than anything. I just see a world that has a lot of trauma, that has a lot of attachment to suffering, that has a lot of attachment to its stories of pain and to stories that, quite frankly, are ingrained with a lot of lies, right? Whether that's religious narratives, political narratives, self-narratives. And these narratives, I'm really good at seeing and I'm really helping others identify them. And again, it's not that I think I know what a good life for an individual is. It's just simply that... I feel like I can give people the tools so that they can make those decisions for themselves. Like, Absolutely. I'm not here to be yep. the, the guru who says, I have all the answers and now you have to come to me all the time. No, right, right. Work with me yep. and then go yep. and you figure it out afterwards. Yeah. You know? And by the way, you're going to go and help someone else too. That's what I love. Like our community, they're literally helping people in their lives. They're helping yes. friends, acquaintances. Like that's what we should be doing. Like Jesus speaks of the kingdom of heaven is like a seed and it's supposed to grow the birds are supposed to nest in the tree. Like it's everybody's supposed, to, it's literally this beautiful spiritual kingdom within. Everybody's looking for heaven to come up in the clouds or from the church or whatever. And it literally comes first from us within. And I love that. And you know that. I mean, if you're into metaphysics, you know that for real. Um, and more people need, I know metaphysics can sound like, it can sound really hippy dippy to like the uninitiated person. Cause it's like, Oh, they're into woo woo. You know, guys practice it. Uh, look into Kriya yoga. Um, I do freestyle yoga, yoga, um, Yogananda, um, his books have changed my life. Like I've, I'm halfway through autobiography of a yogi right now, the yoga of Jesus. I'm halfway through, I got a physical copy of yoga of Jesus. And I'm halfway through the audiobook of uh, Autobiography of a Yogi. And already it's like, the audiobook oh is the best. But yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. it's, so it's amazing. Good. Amazing. And uh, the way he lays out the stories, like, I feel like I'm there with him. And like, yeah. um, and the, the story about the train where like mm-hmm. he was, his guru gave him like, or no, it was his brother. It was brother. like, yeah, go go to this town and see if you can make it back. I'll buy your ticket there, but you know, you don't have any money with you. See if your God saves you. You know, it's like, wow. Like, and that's the thing. That's the test. And I always say too, I want to test everything. That's why I titled this spiritual technology guys, because technology is only as good as you update the operating system. Yes. As the tech is up to date, you got to keep your instrument, your biological technology here is the receiver 
for all the spiritual applications, all the spiritual data, everything coming in and through you. And so you got to keep that in tip top shape. Now yeah, I am no spring to. chicken here. I don't go run marathons, but I bike, I do yoga, I meditate and I run on the elliptical. <laughs> That's my, yeah, exactly. So, um, and Nino, you're, how old are you, Nino? I'm tw I turned 26, May 27th. Dude. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I turned 37 in March. So, um, hey, I remember what it was like to be 27, but it, dude, it feels, you, honestly, it feels pretty great. I ran a half marathon in October. Dude, Nice. Yeah. Nice. Half, half, That's half, awesome, half. man. The turtle running the marathon, right? Like slow you, and steady. That's you know, right, man. That's right. To to kind of touch on what you said around uh like the that story from Yogananda and the train. I, I was very lucky. I think because so I had some early deaths in my life. Uh, my grandma mm. took her own life when I was thirteen. My, oh my aunt gosh, was murdered man. when I was fifteen. And then my man. best friend passed away when I was twenty one. But before my best friend died, I was nineteen and not doing very well. I was using drugs and bad ones and mm -hmm. it was very lost. I was in university and I have always felt like I have had extra help. Like, I don't know if it's from the other realm, be from the people who passed on or something, but something gave me extra support because there was a time that not unlike uh, that story of Yogananda and the train, I was like lost. I was going through a psych mm -hmm. brief psychotic episode and I was like, it was very internal. Like I was still going to my university classes, but I, was not doing well. I thought that the CIA was on my phone and all these kind of, oh my gosh. yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. not good fear yeah. patterns. Mm -hmm. And this, I'm not kidding. One day as I'm leaving the library, this, this weird thing, I call it spirit, that had kept me somewhat grounded that whole time. It kept me from really going totally over the edge. Mm -hmm. As I was walking out the library, it said, turn around and grab that book. And there's just a random bookshelf and I just turn around abruptly. I grab a book. I have not even seen the cover of my girlfriend at the time is like, what, what, what was that? And I was like, I don't know. I just, just thought I should get this book. Like, you know, Mr. Going crazy in his head. Yeah. Okay. Whatever, man. Like, I'm insane. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't even looked at it yet. I just kind of boom, sign it out. We got to her home when I open it. It's a therapeutic, therapeutic, therapeutic diagnostic and, uh, manual for a therapist to deal with somebody dealing with interpsychic conflict, which is what I was dealing with. Dang. I read that book front to cover, start crying. She like comes over, reads it with me. She is stunned. Like, how did you know that book was there? I said, I didn't. She goes, what? Like, how? how? I applied those principles to myself. Like I kind of was my own little therapist. I figured out that because I had been lying, I had lied to my family and people in my life about my like habits. It had creating created a, a a psychic system that was intention, and then with the drug use that had created the kind of conditions where a psychosis could arise. Mm -hmm. So then I went through the process of you know what the book told me, and I fixed it. And after that experience, I knew in my heart that for whatever reason, I had angels or spirits or something that wanted to make sure I made it and made it to where I am today. And that's why I do feel called to do this work because I'm like, it's, I've had so many chances to die. Like I really have. And mm -hmm. if I, I could, I should have just died unless for some reason, something has kept consistently said, nah, man, like you have work to do. You have yeah, a service. You yeah. have to be of service because you have something to give. And, and that experience was one of my, wow. holy shit. I, and I said, this yep. day, it's not like that, that bookshelf, by mm -hmm. the way, was a rotating bookshelf that gets switched every day. 
right? It's like they put like, or every week, I hadn't been to the library in like weeks, so I couldn't have seen it from before. Of course, there's the psychological lens, which is perhaps when I saw it, my subconscious, unconscious power of the brain registered it and made an unconscious connection. That's right. magical. That is just that is that's still magic. As magical yeah, as, absolutely. As esoteric metaphysical. It doesn't yep. really matter. The point is, yep. my connection to some grander wisdom or spirit supported me and gave me the tools to come out of something that honestly could have ruined my life um, Dude, if I'd continued down that path. Gosh. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's crazy. See, it's and, crazy. And, and to the person that doesn't experience it, and so like, let's talk about addictions for a minute because yeah. you know I've had. I mean, I'm in West Texas. My addiction was, like I said, cigarettes and alcohol. And I wasn't, I didn't even like hard alcohol. And, and I was the guy that could drink, you know, a 12 or 18 pack of, uh, you know, beverage and, and still be fine. But I just did it so often. It was like a part of my character and who I was. And I think that a lot of the accusations, especially within the spiritual community, like if you look at Russell Brand, you know, I mean, the oh, dude was on some hardcore drugs for a long time. Uh, his book is incredible, by the way, the uh, healing. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, it's freedom. Re recovery, yes. freedom from addiction. That helped me a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to that a couple of years ago on a road trip and um, didn't realize how spiritually was. But I think that, you know, one of the things he talks about in that book is like, People that are addictive personalities, by the way, we are all addictive personalities. Are. You are either addicted to your job, to relationships, to sugar, to Cokes, to alcohol, to drugs, yeah. whatever. We are literally programmed like that. And That's when you right. point it in a good direction, something like spirituality, something like enlightenment, serving others. That's why Jesus taught bhakti yoga, love and yes. devotion, service of God and all. You get addicted to that. And that's a good thing. Like you yes, are literally perfectly programmed to repeat, to rinse and repeat. Your monkey brain monkey still brain. wants to just do what works over and over and over. And if you get that high from it, whatever it is, you'll keep doing it. And all the great gurus taught us exactly how to hack and program that for our good, to burn karma, to ascend and to help others. Um, so yeah, I, you know, for me, we're all addictive. Some of us who have almost killed ourselves with it. Like my body was shutting down. And I remember when I quit drinking, it's been eight years ago now. Congrats. Um, thank you very much. And by the way, I don't identify as an alcoholic. I haven't had a drink for eight years. I ain't oh, an alcoholic anymore. So, they, I yeah. swear they're just like so unhelpful. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but for me, like everybody tries to label, oh, you're just into spirituality now because you're still addictive. Well, you are too, so you're get into it. You know, you're watching, you know, TV all the time. You're what you're on social media, like trying to find the next thing, whatever it is. And I think that if we can, in a healthy way, redirect all of our addictive tendencies towards the greater good. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. So with that said, what's your vision? Like, what's your new earth vision? I know like a lot of uh, spiritual content creators talk about 5D Earth, Ascension, all of that. Do you think we'll ever live in, in any kind of utopia? Do you think that this is a testing ground for our spirit? Like what, what are your kind of worldviews when it comes to that? I think, yes, this, the, the planet Earth is in fact a place where the soul goes to mature. It is where God has seemingly split this eternal soul into spirit. And yes, each one of us now carries an aspect, divine expression. 
an expression of the divine and we are being, we're here to mature, let's say spiritually. Mm -hmm. um, that's like the spiritual realm of it. The more physical realm, I don't think my answer is gonna make people happy. Um, I think that I have identified that our current civilization has a lot of the prerequisites to every great civilization that's fallen before. Um, I don't yep. believe that the civilization is making necessary changes to stop the collapse. So I believe it mm -hmm. will probably collapse within around 150 to 300 years. Yep. Um, saying that, I'm not, I'm not pessimistic. It's more that like civilizations have collapsed many times. Yeah, and we're still here. So yeah. yeah. As such, what will likely happen is that the ideas that people like yourself and I are planting today will become the foundations of the new world that mm -hmm. arise in our children or grandchildren. Um, and again, it might not even be so violent or chaotic. It might just be like a mm -hmm. slow burned out civilization yeah. Yeah. and whatever. What I do see happening, what my vision then is, I see it becoming a city state communitarian style living where you have the pretty much the essence of the United States, but with more community values and like, mm -hmm. like on a global scale where the idea of country nations is frowned upon where cultural values around uh, union are so powerful mm -hmm. that we wouldn't support people who are greedy because it's like, Oh, yeah. I'm just not going to buy your service. Cause I don't, I cannot, yeah. I can't, I cannot work with you. And I think yeah. that's what it will be. Yeah. You'll see mm -hmm. literally just elevated beings, AKA people with really good values and morals who just, yeah. just love each other so much. Yep. Like, oh, I'm, I can't imagine a member of my community not finding some kind of peace here because and absolutely. Me, my yeah. peace is disrupted at the idea of me having so much more than you and you having nothing. Yep. Like, and, and I, and I do think though that it will be contained in smaller states because I don't believe that humanities insofar as we're still humans, mm -hmm. we don't do well with large scale nations. It becomes very mm -hmm. hard for the ego, the ego of the human to, to, uh, to find community in hundred million people. It's just not yeah. natural. Is it, is it possible? Sure. For the enlightened and or well-practiced for most people, it's not. And I still maybe am kind of pessimistic in that. Mm -hmm. I think even the new earth that arises, you're still going to have people who aren't, who don't want to embrace that kind of stuff as such, yeah. you have to mitigate and shape a society that will bring out the best in humanity and not the worst. Yeah. So you have Very to play to our strengths. We were better when we were in smaller banded groups. We right. were better when we could see our neighbors all the time. We were better when mm -hmm. our homes didn't box us in. And you know what I mean? So yeah. I think that the new yeah. earth will be designed consciously by conscious leaders who know humanity well enough. So we're going to design it to work for us. Mm -hmm. Because if you look around us, I think it's like, if you look at our world, it's like whoever designed this place, almost did it to exacerbate our worst qualities, make us really docile, easily angered, easily manipulated, and really alienated from one another. Mm -hmm. Obviously, mm -hmm. this is the political argument where then yeah. the communists go, yes, it's capitalism. And I go, yes, there are some natures of capitalism yep. which are inherently do those things. But I'm also, you know, I'm also not a fan of communism, of central right. state right. power. Like, that's not... Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're... So where are you? Are you in BC? Toronto. Now. Okay, okay, cool. And Canada's uh, not doing so hot in terms of showing up politically. I'm like, we right, are looking right. like a tyrannical dictatorship lately. 
Well, and, and honestly, I think you can see that around the world. Everybody is, I mean, it's just like a boiling pot yeah. right now. Everybody's heated. There's conflict going on. I mean, even in the Bible, it says there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. it's that's part of like the signs of the time. By the way, every point in history has had that. I literally think yes. that all these prophecies are for every generation. Yes. Not just one great generation. It's like to remind you what you're what you're in and and to sort the people that are like really want to help people ascend and grow and build better yeah. societies um, and i think there's a beautiful way to have technology coincide with ecology yes um i think that you know the way we view property is really weird now mm -hmm. like um, I live in Texas and everybody likes their property and they like it locked up and they like it gated and everything. And, but, um, you know, I understand there are a lot of woes when you get a lot of people living in a community together because not everyone's inherently good. You get people that have a lot of undealt with trauma that they will murder, they will steal, mm -hmm. they will whatever they want to do. Um, and our current societies all around the world, they send them to a prison or execution, right? Well, have we ever even tried to heal that person? Have we ever even tried to, whenever someone exhibits those qualities, and a lot of them are Machiavellian, you probably understand that from psychology, um, those qualities can be healed, you know, if you work on it long enough. Kriya Yoga is a really beautiful thing. There's a lot of people throughout history who have had some really dark times and dark qualities who have gotten healed completely and like gone, Oh my gosh, I see the light. I want to help now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we all have that story and that's what I love about, you know, you talk about how society's built. We've been studying the Anunnaki mythology um, that goes back to the Sumerian Babylonian creation myth. And so you have these entities that come down, these extraterrestrial entities, they come down, they find a monkey on the planet. They are trying to mine gold. By the way, all of this is in like 12,000 year old clay tablets. Like we, we, this is like our earliest, earliest mythology that has been found. And a lot of Genesis in the Bible was literally taken directly from this. So you have two half brothers. One of them is named Enlil. He gets um, given Lord of the Command. So he becomes like a warrior and he starts all these tribes on the earth. They found a place called E-D-I-N, Adin, and they create Adam, A-D-O-M. So literally, like, it's Genesis with Eden and Adam, and it's actually a breeding farm and a terraforming farm to kind of recreate conditions oh, on the earth to make a slave race to help with mining operations and serve these Anunnaki gods, or what the Bible calls Elohim. So literally, it's, you know, this early mythology telling of how the gods literally genetically modified a hominid on the planet, took that monkey, created man out of it. And by the way, this is all recounted in Marvel. If you look at the high evolutionary and you look at Guard Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which I'm not Wait, affiliated with them. Just, yeah. Well, it's not a spoiler. The main no. guy in it is is the high evolutionary, and he does all these experiments on animals trying to make them intelligent. That's literally taken directly from the Anunnaki mythology and the understanding of how man got here. Um, when they study our DNA now, there's a lot of like questions on how was it spliced? How did it evolve in the way it did? Like there's something kind of was done at some point. And so there's a lot of really weird theories out there. And so when you talk about that, yeah, yeah. Okay, because you talk about that, I'm, I'm ignorant, let's say. Um, 
is it then like were there homo sapiens on the planet and then they spliced a small group of them did they get all of the homo sapiens and split like you know what i mean like how did right. the gene then spread is it that some of us are like m more or less uh spliced and others aren't and like that so the the theory is here and this is kind of backed up with like the biblical mythology as well and you know i study all of it so i'm yes. not trying to push the bible it's just that's one of the core things we have, you, have around you should today. study as much as you can yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so um there was a hominid on the planet like a large monkey type creature that had the physical capability of work right like they're looking for something that could work and have intelligence to create societies to basically the way we program ai bots today to do things for us that's what they were looking to do with the animal on the planet they each so anunnaki means those from the heavens to earth came it is not a single race. It's not black, blue, yellow, white, orange, green, whatever. It's like they had different factions from another planet, just like we have tribes now. We have all kinds of different cultural representations now, right? Um, and so all of our cultures now, the theory is, is that they came down, they modified a bunch of these monkey type creatures gave them bigger brains, gave them better nervous systems, gave them even the connection and the gnosis, the ability to, to connect with the metaphysical divine entity. Um, and at a certain point, um, like in Enoch, it talks about fallen angels. In the Anunnaki literature, it talks about like Enki fell in love with an earth woman, had a bunch of babies with that earth woman. One of them was the archetypal Noah in the biblical canon, and he was called something different in the Anunnaki. And even Enki, before Enlil, the lord of the command, his half-brother, flooded the earth, he's telling his son, like, here, build this craft and get, this, get these animals and these genomes off the planet. And in the Anunnaki literature, it's more of like an ark or a ship craft that takes genetic material off the planet, not each individual animal. It's like a record of civilization to then reseed because Enki says, no, these, these creatures deserve to survive. We made them and we shouldn't be wiping them out, you know, because Enlil didn't like that societies were being built around these esoteric things that were taught by the other gods. He's like, no, they're supposed to stay dumb. They're supposed to stay obedient and they're supposed to fear us. What other God does that sound like? The biblical Old Testament God, which by the way, Yahweh is literally the created entity from Enlil and Marduk, who was a, a later son of the early gods. All of that mythology was mixed together and then adopted as another. Even in the Bible, Yahweh is the Lord of the command over all of these other gods and tribes and he scatters them at the Tower of Babel and says, yes. I'm gonna confuse your language. So all of that, you talk about society being built against us and the matrix being built against us. It's literally all recounted in our origin mythologies and why leader after leader after leader on this planet has the vibration, the consciousness and the frequency connected to the actual gods. There's a book called The Paradigm by Jonathan Cain. He gets a little religious for me, but if you're interested in understanding how leaders on the planet are literally connected to the archetypes of the gods. It's actually weird how you can go look into world leaders, look at their family line, and find out they literally have connections to goddesses and gods. 
And it it will blow your freaking mind how like some of the main world leaders we know, you're like, oh, why did they do that? Oh, well, look at the mythology of the God. They're literally living out the same story now in this timeline as an archetype of that God. And if you guys want to understand metaphysics deeply, you have to understand mythology. That's why I push mythology. That's why I do Book of Enoch and the Anunnaki and the Bible and everything, because it's our story. You're living part of that story right now. Yeah, you have to you have to understand. Yeah, archetypes and and to bring it into psychology, that archetypes form the basis by which your brain and mind understands the mm. world. It, it mm. forms the substructure for how your brain makes sense of things. Perhaps because that's that's the way things are, right? And then it makes right. it's aligned with the idea that well, then you as an individual can literally become tapped into those certain archetypes, and then they start working through you and I even to be honest I have this I have this sense when people say I have an idea I'm like no you don't have an idea ideas have you and they grip you you know and we even yep. think like like I believe that Aristotle yep. talked about how he theorized that there was the world of perfect forms and then the world that we live in right like we don't mm-hmm. really see a perfect circle or whatever and right felt that that world was more real and it had a greater impact on this world and I think these guys were onto something. There is like a, a, a metaphysical realm that actually is bleeding into this material realm. And mm-hmm. it's, it's the more real thing. So we are spirit bleeding into this space. You're not, you're not a Amen. human who has, a, can, like, has some spirit. Like, no, no, that's the bad way of, that's the wrong interpretation of what's going on, mm-hmm. you know? So Dude, I, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. How, now, how close, like you understand psychology, um, and I've always been enamored with psychology, but my psychologist is Dr. Fraser Crane from the 90s, you know, that uh, Kelsey Grammer playing that character yeah. growing up. So I understand most of what I know about psychology from his babble on that television show. How much of a person's individual reality for the people watching today how much of that is made up by what they look at? They look in the mirror and they go, I am this. How much of their physical reality and their experience of life is made up by how they identify? Too So much that it's uncomfortable because it tells you that the delusion of the, the, the simulation that is created by your... And again, this isn't even like metaphysical. This is all... We study this. It's like, well, your brain is this supercomputer that takes in information makes sense of it that sense is then creates a projection or an idea that stimulates mm-hmm. how you how you interpret it however based on your how you identify the priming of your brain the, the environment of it and even the state of your gut health all of these factors have an influence on how that process actually occurs so it's right. not like yeah. even happening in this objective sense like no it happens in such an interconnected way that, that your very reality is it's inseparable from who you are which is why it's so important for us to learn to let go of the false identities the false attachments and like you said cultivate greater awareness through a spiritual path through a divine connection because if you oh, don't dude. you're like you're grounded to a level of reality that just quite and, and you're going to be convinced oh but this is real it's like yeah, dude, real is a bad word. That word doesn't really make sense when you give when you understand human psychology. Because mm-hmm. your experience isn't real either, asshole. Oh, the colors I see, the, the colors <laughs> I see are real. But yep. What do you mean? No, you have a certain set of rods and cones which create yep. this and that. But other animals see different colors. 
Are theirs mm -hmm. not real? Okay, right. So what are we touching on? This conversation around what's real is a bad conversation. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. actually have a logical basis. What's more logical would say, how are you creating your reality based on, mm -hmm. on yes, like you said, identity of yep. a million different fucking things. But your Absolutely. reality is being simulated consistently through, yes, a supercomputer, whatever. But even yep. then, when you do enough practice, you should go, I think even when this thing dies, something still goes on. And that yep. thing isn't this. It's not. Yep. It's not the monkey mind that talks, whatever. But it, but there's something, and that thing will continue to resonate. Well, and that's just more proof too. So if you've ever had somebody, sorry, I'm outside now, and the train's going. We call that the truth train on the podcast. So whenever I'm about to drop some truth, that goes on. Um, so if you've ever had an idea, you're like, you have an idea for a product. And then you're like, oh, I don't have time right now. I'll come back to that. I'll develop mm -hmm. it later. And then all of a sudden you walk to the store and you're like, son of a bitch. There it is on the shelf and it's packaged and it looks exactly the way I thought. Like I've had that happen several times. One of my uncles, I remember growing up, he would always like be designing stuff and then we would see it on TV. And it's like, how are people stealing this? Like, who's watching me? No, it's like the idea has you. The idea came mm -hmm. from the real into yes. the illusion and you just tapped into it to physically create it because we are literally co-creators of that divine energy yep. we are the hands and feet we are the manifestations to make it real here um and again this is just a shadow and type all of this is you know vibrating particles that's you it. stop that vibration and they fall apart or they're destroyed you know and go back to energy and that's what most people don't understand so uh consciousness i think that that just for me proves that it's non-local. We're it all we are is just we're just receiving that information and data and processing it as the computer that we are, and we need to realize that our real self is actually somewhere else, projecting those ideas. Uh, the Bible calls it the Holy Spirit. You know, um, the the original Trinity. I talk about this a lot. Was Father, Mother, Child. Yes. We are the child. The mother is what allows us to receive it's that comforting receipt of that that wind that spirit and the father is literally the burning quantum source energy that literally gives life to everything and so that's literally the alchemy of the original holy trinity that's been adopted into religion but the alchemy of that in the self gives you i think the most authentic reality to realize it's all fluid and we're just processing um, all of it in the biological form we are now so can I add one yeah. thing to that analogy? Yeah, please do. We're not only are we the receivers, but for whatever magical reason of evolution and whatnot, your brain is not only receiving, but it's now at the point of its evolution where, and we know this because we can do these tests and we've studied it. For instance, if I damage one part of my brain or I like I, I zap it for a moment, suddenly mm -hmm. I'm convinced this arm is not mine. What is this telling us? That their brain is not only receiving consciousness but it's also it's 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 actively shaping your experience of the consciousness which oh. I mean, your experience of reality is reality right like yeah so, yeah in reality right so, so mind the health of this body and like that's why i talk about this like kriya yoga isn't just meditation they're like it's also diet and mental health yeah. and psychological health because this receiver it's not just like you you change the channel to each thing it's like no if you change one wire suddenly the language the the show you were watching in english is now in spanish you <sighs> you you change another wire suddenly the one character who was male is now female the point is yeah. 
it can radically shift. It's not just an antenna. It's like the it's intertwined with the divine source. That's wild. You know, and it's funny you mention that because I've heard stories of people that had like undergone a surgery or something and had like a shock to their brain or something weird and they wake up and they can speak another language, language fluently. Real. Like, real. you know, if you get your arm lopped off but you still know it's there and you can literally feel picking up your coffee cup and like people have like forgotten stuff like that. Um, we, we see that too, like through like lower created life forms. I don't even like that term, but like, look at the axitol, the little yes. tadpole thing. It can grow anything back. I think the only thing you can cut off is its head and it won't grow its head back, but it'll grow anything else back. Like it'll completely re, uh, regenerate anything and it has one of the weirdest lifespans and life cycles and it's just more proof that like everything is programmable um, and I think if we can program our own minds then we can program anything we want around us that's so, that's it well if we're all one yeah. mind and if I can learn to program this mind then I can program the universe and again like you know it's, like, it's, it's kind of like a simple yep. and it's, it's as simple and as difficult as that Yep. Because your mind is not, it's like, that's the most fucking complex thing in the universe. Exactly. But, but it's just your mind. Just yep. all you have to do is change your mind. Good luck. Yep. <laughs> good luck. That's the hardest thing to change, right? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Dude, that's good. I love that. Program your mind. You can program the universe. And I'll, uh, I'll leave you with this quote. Jesus said, ye are gods and the scriptures cannot be broken. And he was reminding them of what our potential is and like they're arguing about his metaphysical message going no 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 no. this is what the law says he's going no 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 no. remember what your law actually says that you're gods and the scripture can't be broken he's going he's taking it flipping it and reminding them hey what i'm teaching you is actually what unlocks you mm -hmm. and that guys that's what our message is here i mean it's not a religious message it's a message of love ascension a message of being a conscious co-creator and literally program your mind, program your universe around you. Would you, would you join me? I know this is a little Christian of me, but would you do the Our Father prayer with me? Yeah, dude, absolutely. Go for Perfect. it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. Thank you, man. Thank you. Dude, that's beautiful. And um, in fact, I'll post, I'll tag you in it when I post it. There's an original translation of that that's like really metaphysical. That I, actually, think, I think it's metaphysical. It's, yeah, when I say it, it, I feel the metaphysical. Yeah, it, it's beautiful. It's like literally um, actively receiving mm -hmm. your daily bread. And I think the original too was let us receive today and tomorrow's apportionment. Like mm -hmm. it's like to prepare us for the future too. Like it's pretty beautiful, so I'll post that. I think but, it's yeah. one of the most metaphysical prayers. If, I'm like, yeah. oh, it's not talking about thought. It's, yeah. it's it, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yep. and lead us not to temptation, deliver us from, I don't know. I think yeah. there's like a profoundness in it, and it's something yes. that I grew up with as a Catholic. Yeah. I grew up a Catholic, so. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah, my wife's Catholic, so that's perfect, yeah. And I grew up Methodist, so, you know, I, I, that Christian prayer is ingrained into me. Yeah, well, absolutely. Jesus here, baby. Yep, absolutely. I still and wear so, um, yeah, like that prayer, I, what I love about that, too, it's not to keep going on this, but, no, it's okay. um, is that 
they were praying in these like highly ritualistic, all of these words. This happened in India too. Um, and then like the time where the Buddha came, there was just all of these rituals with no meaning behind mm -hmm. it. And so Jesus drops into Palestine there and he's like, don't heap up words like they do. Like go into private where your father is in private. And when you pray, pray in this way. And it's just that very simple feeling prayer of like, God, give me my daily bread. Don't like, don't let me be in temptation. Deliver me from any evils against me. Um, you know, on earth as it is in heaven, as above, so below, literally the most yes. alchemical, like, so yeah. alchemical. yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. I, I see it too. So I'm really glad you said that. I'm really glad you shared that. Well, thank you for having me on. Are we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're good. We're good, man. I think that was a beautiful way to end awesome. it. So thank you guys. That thank you all for watching. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. Anytime you want to collab. Hit me up. Let's do it. I want to do a lot more collabs with people regularly. So. Jacob's coming on to my podcast. Where's the nuance where we're going to be talking about all things wild and wacky, okay? Yes, yes. Love you, brother. Thank you for being here. You guys go hit him up. Losninos.space. And what's your handle again? At El Divine Nino. E-L Divine Nino. E-L Divine Nino. Awesome. You guys go give him a follow. Love you, brother. Thank you so my much. Pleasure, Jacob. Thank you so much. Peace, man. We'll see you later. Bye.